Hello, I'm John Eldridge, and welcome to the Ransomed Heart audio podcast. For more information on Ransomed Heart Ministries, our resources and events, please visit us online at www.ransomedheart.com. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. It enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain where Jesus, who went before us, has entered on our behalf. I think if there is one way to describe the people of a postmodern era, it is anchorless. I mean, we have an anchor for the soul. My reaction is, no, we don't. I don't know anybody who has an anchor for the soul. I mean, nearly everyone I can think of, and especially those who might you know, be considered more sort of culturally postmodern than, than maybe some of us dinosaurs, but they are adrift. The world is adrift. An anchor for the soul? You've got to be kidding me. Who has an anchor for the soul? What's this anchor for the soul? And wouldn't it be phenomenal to have one? Friends, welcome. This is John Eldridge, and with me today, Craig McConnell. Um, you're listening to the Ransomed Heart podcast. And uh, we are actually in the last two of a series that we began, <laughs> feels like, in 2009 um, on worldview. Uh, how did Jesus look at life? Um, I don't even like the phrase worldview because it just conjures up so many other programs and stuff. But how did Jesus look at life? What are the assumptions that he lives by? Um, and so we want to give just two more podcasts to that. So glad that you're listening in with us. And um, today, Craig, you suggested that we we need to do one on the future. Why? Mm-hmm. I mean, why is that on your heart? Why does that fit into, you know, kind of vital core assumptions? Yeah. Um, I think if um, we're talking about the assumptions that Jesus makes that shape how we interpret our life and the world, our relationships, um, the troubles that unfold in our lives and circumstances, um, Christ just seems to make a point of um, letting us know that um, we live in a troubled world, and we will experience those troubles. And uh, he wants us to have, as you quoted Hebrews, an anchor, something mm. that uh, helps us negotiate, live through, make it through, um, interpret, and um, see things in the right perspective. I think we need to know what does the future hold? Is there a future? Mm. Mm. Is there more than this? The emphasis that God puts on this anchor, there is a future, is huge. Yeah, it is. It is. I have a confession, and it has to do with sunglasses. Last week, I was kind of obsessed with buying a new pair of sunglasses. You need a new pair. (laughs) You know, and and I really kind of got into it. I'm like, I'm going to get some really cool sunglasses and and uh it just 
it cracked me up. I was watching myself go through this process and <sighs> anticipating buying these sunglasses and just how you know truly bitching they would be and and you know buying the sunglasses, having them, and like we are chasing joy constantly. Mm-hmm. We're chasing joy, and we get these things that we think will bring joy. And, you know, maybe they do. I mean, it was fun. And now I have some really cool sunglasses. But there's also kind of this level of, so what? It's, you know, like, I guess what I'm trying to describe this inner, I was observing my inner life and I was watching this, this search for joy on just a given day. It's a simple, yes. a simple act on a simple day, looking for joy and realizing, okay, Jesus says this crazy thing. He says, look, in this world, you will have trouble, yes. but take heart, I have overcome the world, yeah. right? And then he goes on to promise our future life. I'm not going to leave you as orphans. I'm going to come for you, that passage and those promises. And I go, we don't live for that. Mm-hmm. Not really. No, we don't. No, we don't. We, we live for the next great taco, Right? Uh-huh. I mean, seriously, we, we live for, hey, my show's on tonight. There's a new episode. Hey, you know, um, you know, we live for that vacation that we're saving up for. We live, you know, f- frankly, for the next glass of wine that's going to get us through the evening. We, mm-hmm. I mean, our hopes are so incredibly immediate and mm-hmm. temporal mm-hmm. that, you know, you read these passages like we have this hope as an anchor of the soul and you just go, no, we don't. Mm-hmm. No, we don't. Mm-hmm. One of the things you're hitting on there, John, is just um, just woven into our heart is, is ultimately a desire mm-hmm. for the perfect, mm-hmm. the full, mm-hmm. the rich, the, mm-hmm. the deep, the enjoyable. Mm-hmm. We're, we're designed for that. Yes, for joy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so we are looking to the sunglasses and the, the glass of wine and the vacation and to be cancer-free and to have a great marriage because we were designed for that. And uh, the truth is, I mean, you quoted uh, John in uh, another place in John. He says, let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God also in me. And he talks about in his father's house or dwelling places. And he's going to go prepare a place for us and then come again receive us to himself and where we can be where he is. And it's, um, we live in a troubled mm. world mm. and it's hard in this world, in this life to get the full joy we were designed for. Mm. And that seems important as you're interpreting your life and making choices and decisions and understanding things oh that it's partial, but there's hope mm. that it will be full. Mm. Yeah, that partial, I think that's where we really get stuck. We get stuck in the partial, you know. Um, That's where we lose heart. That's where we get frustrated. That's where we get angry and demand more. You know, the partial only awakens our longings, but it doesn't satisfy Mm. them. And if we believe that this life is our best shot at happiness. We are going to be um, frantic, grasping, 
people eventually demanding, manipulative, angry, and then finally bitter mm-hmm. or hopeless or just resignation sets in. I mean, really, if, if you think this life is your best shot at love, friendship, meaning, even purpose, mm-hmm. you know, if you think this life is your best shot at fulfilling your gifting, your calling, you are just set up for heartbreak after heartbreak after heartbreak. Yeah. Not that this life can't be good. And this podcast is really actually important for our Ransomed Heart friends because we're a breakthrough ministry. I mean, like we teach breakthrough. We believe in breakthrough. We we try and usher people into a higher level of experience of, of life and life with God and healing and restoration. And we think a whole lot of that is available here. But it is partial. Mm-hmm. It is partial. And there's just nowhere in Scripture that says that you're going to have the fullness now. You have the partial now and the fullness coming. And Jesus, <laughs> Jesus' attitude towards this, he tells his friends – to rejoice at his death. <sighs> mm-hmm. I'm going to die. Rejoice. Mm-hmm. You know, like his, his take on this life is pretty radical. I mean, he's, he's just utterly free. He's completely unbound, unbeholden, obviously untroubled as he urges us to be towards this life. He's like, because, gang, life is coming. I mean, life is about to happen. Life is about to unfold. Mm-hmm. And if you believe that, grasp that, accept that, let go of the demand that life be now, mm-hmm. then I think we could begin to experience this, I, I want to call it almost like a buoyancy of Jesus. There's just this, you know, Jesus is an essentially happy person. Now, yes, yes he's called the man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, but but that's not the lion's share of his life. I mean, even if you just take the cross, you know, just begin with the arrest and the torture and the execution. That is less than 24 hours mm-hmm. of his entire life. I mean, Jesus is an essentially happy person. He just doesn't seem to be, you know, kind of knocked off course kind of shaken mm-hmm. by the things that knock us off course or mm-hmm. shake us. And the secret is this anchor of the soul, which Hebrews says enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain where Jesus went before us. You know, there's this anchor into eternity. There's this anchor into the kingdom that's meant to just give us a stability and, you know, an assuredness that um, – that will help us navigate a heartbreaking world. Yeah, yeah. Just yesterday, I had met a woman who's um, um, in the hospital. Um, she's um, really battling the latter stages of uh, her ovarian cancer mm. um, playing itself out. And uh, I mean, having done some of the cancer stuff myself, I met her and I just uh, wanted to call her and encourage her, John. And I couldn't believe the life in her voice and her spirit. She's okay. Pause. This is not where I thought this story was going. Oh. What? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, I'm finding myself um, talking to her, called to encourage her, and she is just so full of life. 
on her what essentially seems to be her dying bed. And she was just talking to me about um, just that anchor of hope that, I mean, she was interpreting her world as this isn't the end. You know, this pain is momentary. It's mm. temporary. It's mm. a light affliction. Mm. And, the, mm. you know, you mm. see the fruit mm. of that anchor. We often think anchor is kind of limiting mm. our freedom, bringing us down. You're an anchor. Um, but what the Hebrews writer is describing there is is some security. I mean, the the word firm and secure is used there. And it feels like there's a freedom. The fact that I don't get all my joy here in this life actually somehow frees me to pursue it more fully in this life. There's something about mm. we're more alive, mm. um, free, um, filled when we have that anchor, when we know there's more. This isn't the end. I think you put it one of your writings, the problem is in our desire. It's the timing. Mm. And um, knowing that my every desire at its core, its deepest level, is going to be just richly filled at some point, at some point, frees me just to, to, to go for it, to yearn, to desire, to pursue mm. Does that make sense? Oh, it's huge. What I'm doing right now as your talk is I'm trying to let my heart entertain this. Mm-hmm. And friends, I think it would be really helpful for you to do it. You, you almost try it on like an exercise. You go, okay, all right. So there's this core assumption to the Christian worldview. This is core assumption to the way Jesus looks at life that, yes. that this life is not your best shot at happiness. This life is not your best shot at meaning or purpose, friendship, love, you know, joy, that life is coming. Hmm. And so you try that on. And Craig, what I'm reacting to internally right now is, you know what that really helps me with? It actually helps me with the suffering of the world. Mm-hmm. Like, I think I'm actually okay personally. Like, I think I understand some of these things for myself personally, but I really... What really breaks me is the suffering of the world. You know, when you just watch the news, you just read a magazine, you know, um, you go, wait a second, wait a second. Like Jesus is going to come and set everything right. Mm-hmm. Every tear is wiped away. Oh, it just, it lifts some crushing burden off of us mm-hmm. that, yeah, I mean, the the fruit of it, I can feel it. The fruit of it is peace and a deep sigh and, oh, Jesus, thank you, gratitude, and and then hope beginning to come. Mm-hmm. And as you were talking, what I was also thinking of, and I think most of our listeners probably saw the Lord of the Rings film series, and probably a number of them have seen it more than once, and in the third of the trilogy, in the Return of the King, you know, there's the scene where the city of Minas Tirith is just being assaulted by evil, and it looks like the end, you know. And Gandalf and the little hobbit that's with him, I think it's Pippin, you know, are behind this door that's about to be broken down by these horrible creatures, and it, it looks like the end. And 
And Gandalf turns to Pippin and says, the end? This isn't the end. And he begins to describe what he believed was the passing into the next chapter of the story. And, you know, he talks about, you know, seeing uh, an open sea and beautiful shores and rolling green hills under a under a swiftly rising sun. And Pippin says, well, well, that's not so bad. Like there's just there's just this immediate rescue of the heart, this immediate rescue when we believe this. Those words, this isn't the end. What does that do? I mean, I'm starting to weep. I'm not yes. sure why. Yes. <sighs> what are the tears about? Um, this isn't the end. There's more. Mm. It's like, God, thank God. Mm. Exactly. Oh, I love this quote by Nathaniel Hawthorne. He says, our creator would never have given us such beautiful days and such deep hearts to enjoy them unless we were meant to be immortal. I mean, there's just things end too soon. They end too soon. Christmas ends too soon. Birthdays end too soon. You know, great conversations, wonderful nights out with friends. It, you know, but that part of your heart that's just screaming for more is telling you, right, you're meant to be immortal. Yeah. I think one of the things that we're saying here is that it's okay now to be fully alive. You know, um, there's moments I'm going to groan and ache for what I don't have, mm. and yet mm. the turn of a dime, you know, just instantly I, I can fall into worship and adoration for its coming. Mm. Now, there's just mm. something about groaning and aching mm. and worshiping mm. that just are the reality of life. Um, mm. To be alive is to ache, to groan for the more and what we the partial – and yet it's to have that anchor of hope, firm and secure, that this isn't the end, this isn't all. There's something yes. richly secure and that can be alive. Oh, it's gosh. okay to ache and yearn. Yeah. Yeah. It's a rescue. It's a rescue. And this is core, core, core to the entire Bible, core to Jesus' assumptions about life, that, friends, this isn't the end. This isn't even the primary chapter. <laughs> I just love the way Lewis ends the Narnia series. Do you remember that? He says, and all their life in Narnia and all of their adventures were merely the title page of a book that no one has yet read and which never ends. I mean, all of this is a moment in comparison to that which is coming. Friends, I hope that brings hope. I hope that rescues your heart today. And if it speaks, share this with someone. Tell them, hey, you got to listen to this. And next week, we're going to wrap our series up on how did Jesus look at life? What are the core assumptions and why do they matter? So thanks for listening in. For more, we invite you to come to our Facebook page or to our website at ransomedheart.com.